0: T's and C's apply in South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005 Smith
1: VO2 Left side, Swanson To first The world's The champions 10-23 10:23 Central Time, Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. The Atlanta Braves have officially overcome all obstacles that were put in front of them. And they are world champions, winning it in six, and delivering Atlanta their second championship. Pretty incredible. Every one of those players seems like they contributed. It's really a total team effort. But and soul of the organization is Freddie Freeman and you can't imagine what he's feeling right now after putting in all those years along with that man, Ryan Snicker, I'm sure he's looking for his wife. Can't find her and it's just it's hard to explain but they did it on so many different levels
0: and they believed when not a lot of other people did. Well, they'll be partying hard in Atlanta less than 24 hours after winning their first World Series baseball title in 26 years. The Braves shut out the Houston Astros 7-0 in Game 6 to wrap up the Series 4-2. And joining us now live from Atlanta is Braves reporter Joe Patrick from 92.9 The Game. Uh, Welcome to the show. Joe, can you tell us uh, what the scenes are like in Atlanta at the moment and the joy
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been an amazing journey here throughout this entire month of playoff baseball and obviously culminating with last night's championship. Um, the scenes were unbelievable. I mean, the stadium, even though the game was played on the road in Houston, the, the Braves opened up their stadium for fans to watch on the big screen TV. There were fans uh, picking, yeah, on a picnic, uh, you know, on blankets, out in the outfield watching the game, and then there were thousands more just outside the stadium, watching on other big streams on parties. And it was a total celebration, of course, as you would expect last night after they got that win. It's been 20-some-odd years since this team has won a championship, since 1995. And so um, a lot of fans have been waiting a long time uh, for not just this team, but any team here in this city to win a championship. So uh, there was definitely a release, and we're all looking forward to a parade coming down uh, the streets of Atlanta uh, tomorrow on Friday.
0: Well, Joe, at the about the hundred game mark during the season, I think there was about a forty-four win, forty-five loss record. in terms of the split, uh, you'd lost a, a couple of really key players, the Braves through through injury. Um, at what at that point, what were you thinking that they could be World Series champions?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> you know, in fact, a lot of us were thinking, you know, what was going to become of this team because. Um, to be quite frank, I mean, even some of the players were saying it uh, that you know. I think there was some expectation that the Braves were actually going to trade away some of their players to other teams um, that were you know that are quote unquote, quote unquote you know better capable to to make a championship run. Not the Braves, of course. They did end up you know stringing some wins together that made them decide to keep the pieces together and add some at the trade deadline. And of course, those trade deadline moves that they made. Uh, were pivotal and, and then having as much success in the playoffs as they did. But no, I mean, for, for a long time this season, nobody was thinking about this kind of ending to the season. Uh, especially after the Cunha Jr., the team's star player, uh, got hurt, you know, was out for the year. Uh, what was that on about July 31st or so, something uh, around that time, I want to say. Um, that, that seemed to be kind of the nail in the coffin for this team. But you got to give the players credit for, not dropping their heads, you know, just keep on grinding, and, of course, they got the reinforcements that they did at the trade deadline, and uh, the rest is history, right?
0: It is. Uh, the rest is history, and it's a really pleasant history for you guys as well. And let's talk about that uh, trade, because uh, your GM... Alex uh, Anthopoulos, he had to make some decisions. Uh, he brought in four veterans, which sometimes can go for you, sometimes you can go against you, but he, he picked up Deval Peterson, Rosario and Celia, and Salia obviously uh, absolutely outstanding, ending up being the MVP uh, as well. So, uh, he did well, the GM.
1: He did very well. I've been calling him King Midas, because it's like everything he touched at that trade deadline turned to gold for him, especially... In this playoff run, you had Jorge Soler who wins the MVP of the World Series. You had Eddie Rosario who he picked up, who was the MVP of the National League Championship Series in the matchup before the World Series against the Dodgers. And then he also picked up Jack Peterson, who was one of the pivotal players in the series against the Brewers. So in every single round of this playoffs, you know at least one of the players that he picked up in that trade de- that trade deadline that trade window. Uh, you know, was a pivotal part of this team. And it was really interesting when those trades were made because he picked up four outfielders when there's only three outfield positions. So it almost felt at the time, like it was um, maybe a little bit, not unnecessary, but just like how were all these pieces actually going to fit and play well together. But, you know, this team made it work. They, they needed all four of those guys because you had some guys like Jorge Soler who went down with COVID at times. You were able to better mix and match players to get them better matchups against pitchers in other instances. So all four of these outfielders were absolutely crucial to the team's success, and you just can't say enough about the job that Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager, did in identifying the types of players that could help this team when they needed it. Uh, and obviously he was proven correct with the way they were able to perform once they came to Atlanta.
0: There's so much uh, romance about this, and there often is with baseball because of the histories of the particular franchises or, or clubs as such. Um, this is a year where one of the, the Braves, uh, Atlanta's most uh, famous, famous uh, players and and Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86. Uh, probably one of the most famous baseball names of all time and is is almost a bit of romance about this being the year that they got it right?
1: No doubt, no doubt about that. They, they, you know, Hank Aaron is uh, obviously a, a huge um, figure within this organization. Even even in death, I mean, maybe even more so. Honestly, for as tragic as it is that he, he passed away this year, um, you know, his just the presence, his legacy that he left here in this city. Uh, for all kinds of different reasons, obviously sporting reasons, but also, you know, social and cultural reasons for, um, you know, the things that he did uh, as a black American here in the South, the Southern United States was, uh, was absolutely, you know, in, in incredible monu- monumental. And one of the other, you know, really interesting aspects of this Braves team, as it relates to, to Hank Aaron is that the Braves manager, Brian Snicker had a very close relationship with Hank Aaron. You know, they, they, um, you know, coached together. Uh, they were they were in the organization together in the minors. You know, they just had a very close relationship, working relationship on the field. And so, it's very interesting to have the manager of this current team, who's managing you know twenty five year old kids <laughs> for the most part, um, to have him be a touch point, a reference point to that past, to that historical. Significant past uh, in this organization, and uh, of course, the Braves were able to um, honor Hank Aaron's legacy before one of the games, and it was uh, a real jerker To be perfectly honest, Brian Snicker got to hug Hank Aaron's wife, and you know he just said he got to tell her how much uh, he missed Hank, and he was tearing up in the press conference telling us that story. So, um, yeah, clearly a huge figure, and I'm sure that you know he was. Smiling in heaven, or wherever he was, uh, looking down and watching this uh, Braves World Championship win last night.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's very, very special. Uh, uh, Joe Patrick, uh, there was also a bit of romance, romance about the last out as well, because uh, the last point of contact was Freddie Freeman, of course, on first base. Uh, and he's uh, he's a bit of a lifer for the Braves. You, you talk about players trading and coming and going left, right and centre, but he is a Brave through and through. Uh, and also, Chipper Jones is back at the club as well. So special for those two guys in particular.
1: No doubt about it. Yeah, Freddie Freeman. Uh, you 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 feel uh, you can't help but just feel so happy for him as a Braves fan. I think that he, in particular, among all these Braves players that you know, obviously fans love all of them, but you know, there's something different about Freddie Freeman because of the duration of his time in Atlanta the fact that he's been through a real down period where this team really kind of, you know, had to rebuild itself from the ground up, uh, just, you know, a matter of a handful of years ago. And there were several years where it was not fun. And, you know, the, the Braves fans um, have a, a real special relationship with Freddie Freeman because he has been through all of that. He, he experienced, you know, when he came in, as a rookie, the team was actually pretty good, but then obviously things kind of just didn't work out and they had to rebuild. And he was kind of the chosen one that was the, that the Braves organization decided was one to stick around um, and be a cornerstone of kind of the, the current iteration of this ball club. And so I think that everybody just has the utmost respect for a guy like Freddie Freeman. Um, and you know, again, kind of talking about similar to you know, what I was talking about with Brian Snicker and Hank Aaron just a second ago. Mm. Freddie Freeman's the guy who played with Chipper Jones, you know, the, he's probably the only player on this team who was a teammate of Chipper's, who obviously is also has a very special relationship as a member of the team who last won uh, the one the team's previous World Series back in 1995. So um, yeah, a lot of special connections for Braves fans with those two guys for sure.
0: Well, Joe, thank you very much for your time this morning, folks. This has been Joe Patrick from 92.9 The Game, dedicated to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Joe, I imagine uh, now that the season's over, you're going to have uh, maybe a, a little bit of a break. But Hopefully you'll have a chance to bask in the glory yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm just trying to catch up on some sleep right now, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But we're definitely all basking in the glory of this thing. It's always fun to watch your team win a championship.
0: Okay, Joe, hey, thanks very much for your time this morning and uh, enlightening us on a couple of those issues. It's been great. And uh, enjoy, really enjoy. You just never know when the next one might pop up. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, Joe Patrick there, folks. Uh, All the way from Norcross, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So fantastic uh, for those fans there. And uh, if you are watching the coverage yesterday, Very, very special that the win away from home, they blew a 4-0 lead in uh, the previous game and they must have been very nervous even when they got up to 3-0 in the third innings that it might happen again, particularly on the road. But no, they held on tight and they completely and utterly outplayed them, the Houston Astros yesterday at home. They deserve to be uh, the world champions and even with a pitcher, Charlie Morton. We never got to talk about Charlie Morton uh, getting outs with a broken leg. Now that is a story.